Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrives at episode 434, which is once again locked away in Shada. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. You guys have a good week? Yeah, not bad. Not I, too bad. I didn't do much, but I did watch a documentary. Um, and it's a couple years old. I didn't realize it was out there until it surfaced on uh, Amazon, but it's uh, doomed the um, story behind Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. I saw it on your letterbox yeah. profile. How was it? It was good. It was really interesting. They had all four, uh, five of the main actors, six main actors there, the director, producer. They all talked about how it pretty much that was going to be their break for everybody, and they were all excited, and they want they went full bore into doing it, and then just the problems arising and the fact that they couldn't get the film out of post-production for some reason and they were all kind of not clear on what was going on but it was it was really really interesting i highly recommend it it's that i i watched the movie on bootleg many years back and i've always looked at it as like a yeah i'm glad that didn't make it to the theaters (laughs) but now i have a new appreciation for it for what because of what they did what they were trying to do so did they talk about chris columbus and his <laughs> only one <laughs> uh the actor uh i can't remember his first name his last name's colt he played um reed richards and he said that he kind of related the fact that it was chris columbus had wanted to do the film and that's why fox basically took it away so but he was the only one that talked about that because so, there's no official that's what he was purveying so <laughs> It's good. It's an interesting movie. I would uh, I would highly recommend anybody that is interested in that. Hmm. I can't think of anything else I watched. I've been watching a lot of little documentaries, but nothing super exciting. Still haven't got through um, Good Omens. Good Omens. Um, Holly said, "Oh, we we should watch another one tonight." So I'm going to record tonight. So, but we're I'm off all week, so we plan to just kind of knock it out this week. So. Oh, nice. We started it. I Did you? Got, got one episode down. You so you're as far one? as I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Um, uh, not quite as um, odd and funny as I was expecting, but the tone was very Pratchett. Um, and I'm curious to see where they go. And I, I love the interplay back and forth between uh, Tennant and uh, Sheen. So, um, yeah, I'm ready, ready, ready for more of that. And I, I did see a very interesting thing, and I was I was looking for it, and I, I fell in love with it immediately. The um, escalator shot mm, mm-hmm. that apparently that was an accident that they were looking for a place that they were trying to find uh, a building that would house heaven. And one of the guys that was they were going to go tour this, and everybody else had started to go up the escalator, and he like bent down to tie his shoe. And he happened to look up, and the light was coming in, reflecting off the floor, and it made it look like the escalator was doing that up and down <laughs> in the reflection. And he freaked out and went, guys, 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 come here, come here, come here. And everybody came running back down, and so he said they were all lying on the floor looking at this escalator reflection. <laughs> and they realized it was perfect because it meant that heaven and hell were in the same building, and they didn't have to, you know, 
double up on anything and nice. it just made sense heaven's upstairs in the penthouse and hell's in the basement right <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was really cool it was a beautiful shot yeah but nice. yeah i'm excited about it i didn't watch anything this week i didn't really either we've been playing a lot of catch up watching some older things but uh didn't make it out to the theaters i was hoping to go see dumbo over at the cheap theater but i saw that's there i think we're gonna go try and take that in this week too we're even behind on some of our shows. Just been too busy. I know how that is. We start Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tomorrow, so. <laughs> oh, you're quite a few episodes behind. Yeah. Me too. I've only watched the first one, so. <laughs> I'm only one episode behind on that. My goal is to catch up to Glenn on everything, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're almost there, Sean. You're, you're, almost, you're almost there. <laughs> almost there. All right, well, what do we have in the news, Keith? Well, there's some um, rumors circulating that the actress who played Ronnie from Sarah Jane Adventures is going to appear in a Series 12 episode. Um, I'm going to butcher her name. Anjali Mohindra had updated her online CV, Spotlight CV is what it's called, uh, to include a role of Queen Shishka, something like that. I can't read it. The font's really small. Uh, <laughs> for 2019 on Doctor Who. And it has been since removed. Oh, really? From her CV. So either she was fired or she wasn't supposed to post it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least two, spot, two spots. Two sites online had caught on to that and written articles yeah. about it. So I wonder if... And that's where they cited they saw it. So I wonder if that's where they've... Maybe that's why she's pulled it, because she wasn't supposed to have it on there yet, because the BBC had not officially announced it. But yeah. I think it's educated speculation. I don't know that I would put it in the rumor category. Yeah, it's usually pretty reliable when these sort of things pop up on the CV sites. But until the BBC announces it, we have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. That's right. Just in case. <laughs> Sorry, my mother tried to call. <laughs> Did not realize my phone was still on ringer. My bad. What else? Other news. Uh, Pluto TV has started a pop-up channel of classic Doctor Who. I saw I've been watching it this week, actually. Explain what Pluto TV is, Glenn. So Pluto TV, and I've actually had it for a number of years. Um, downloaded it on my Apple TV probably a couple of years back when I discovered it. And we did... Cable cutting, it was one of the options we went to. Pluto TV's pretty much, it's really kind of evolved, but it's a, it for all intents and purposes, it's a television app that has several different channels, probably a good hundred channels on there. Um, everything's uh, commercial advertisements in between. Um, but it is streaming channels, and it, for a while they were very limited. They had some sports channels on there. They had some nothing really mainstream. Um, they had a Minecraft channel, which was primarily a couple of uh, streaming YouTubers that they got the rights to run those on there. Um, but they've they've got uh, now a sitcom channel on there that plays you know old classic sitcoms and things like that. They've got a horror channel. They've got a whole, and um, it's it's a lot of really low budget movies or things that are you know really way out of date or probably are very cheap for them to to um, obtain. But um, yeah, we we noticed that, and they announced that uh, Doctor Who now has its own channel, and they run it twenty four seven. Well, twenty four hours. I don't know how long it's going to be because I think it is a pop up channel. I don't think it's 
meant to be a home there for long term. But and I presume and maybe you know more about this than I do from the articles, but um, I presume it's in sponsorship with BritBox because there are a lot of advertising. There's not a lot of advertising, but a little placard comes up and says BritBox. I would assume so then. This (laughs) this article doesn't say anything about that. Yeah, I have a feeling it it might have been a limited exclusive with BritBox, uh, allowing them to stream that those on there because like I say it 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 has a little ID card that comes up every once in a while when the commercials run. The frustrating thing about it it's it's a little like watching a YouTube channel when now where the ads pop up in the most inopportune places in the <laughs> middle of it and they, they tend to do that with sometimes they're in a good spot sometimes they pop up right in the most inopportune uh-huh. times but um yeah, it's uh, if you're a cable cutter and you just want something that's you know you know there's no fast forward or rewind or anything on it. You, it it's like it's watching broadcast television. Yeah, um, but if it you know if you're a cable cutter and you there's some fun channels on there. They've got ones that are like those. Uh, there's one that's funny AF, which does a lot of the AFV type stuff. You know, it's the, just the funny home video stuff and things like that. It was one of the apps that I had downloaded to my Fire Stick, and I was pretty excited by. And then I lost the remote to my fire stick, so now it's a worthless piece of plastic <laughs> that I can't access. And now Doctor Who's available on my fire stick. And I was like, oh, great. Just I... download the remote app to your phone. <laughs> well, give me your fire stick. <laughs> if you're not going to use your fire stick, I've got use for it. <laughs> that involves effort. I just want the remote. <laughs> just download it to your... It's not the same. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to use it or not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I want the remote back. What else, Keith? In other news, uh, Big Finish has announced the next Time War box set will feature the War Valyard. I saw that. Michael Jaston. With Michael Jaston. I shared a bathroom schedule with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out in August, so really soon. Kind of it's been so long ago. Do I have to re-explain <laughs> <laughs> or no. we just let that one go. No, just let it go. go. If they don't under if they don't understand the reference, let them wonder. I wish I had uh, episode references. Maybe Jamie will come across it and let us know. <laughs> Probably. If only our search feature worked. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't put Michael Jason in bathroom st- schedule in the uh, tags. Although perhaps I should have. Well, it was your one experience at Galley, so that, that kind of that <laughs> kind of narrows, narrows it down, down a little lot. bit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. There's certainly a target year there. <laughs> and you could probably put Gallifrey one in there and at least narrow it down to all the Gallifreys. <laughs> at the very least, you could just scan all episodes in February. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Our, that, 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 I'm sorry. Let's talk a little bit about that. I think that's very cool and clever. What your bathroom schedule? No, the uh, the that. war value art. I think. Yeah, that, I think hey, why, why they're not? doing a lot of cool think, stuff. Yeah. Now I really hope we get war a war Doctor Ronnie war master war valyard. That'll be interesting to see where they go with that. I think they're really tapping into unrealized potential here with this time war stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. And still, I'm sure doing it really well, so it doesn't feel like we're getting the whole story. I hope we are. Because <laughs> it's the eighth doctor. So, you know, it's not the that's war. That's true. The it's war doctor. We can't get the whole story anymore because we don't have the. No, we have true. to f- do something really creative. Yeah, but now they've the got actors. Now they've got ap- actors coming in and revoicing for doctors that have passed. So I can see that being a thing for war yeah. doctor story. You know, I, I've I think been, they would give them a bit more time. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm I think they would, but I think I can see it being a viable option down the road. So, I know we discussed that at one point in time, and I kind of came down on the I'm okay with people being recast in roles if they've passed on. But I'm not ready for John Hurt to be recast yet. Mm. So it's just it's too soon for that one. The yeah. First, second, and third Doctor. Yeah, I'm probably okay with those because it's been long enough. There's enough distance there, but. Uh, no, not so that we got to wait that new. 25 years before we can request uh, John Hurt? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say get I, I don't know what the statute of limitations well, I is. I say get somebody I'd, in I'd there say now. At least it's been a year. Let's get somebody else in there. At least from the point of Hartnell's death to five doctors. How long was that? 15 no, almost? No, no, no. Not from departure, but death. Uh... Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Because he died shortly after the Three Doctors, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, right. And that was the 10th anniversary It was special. a few weeks, I think, after. Died in 1975. A few weeks. And the Five Doctors was 83? No. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, was, yeah right. it was the 20th anniversary yeah, special, yeah, it so it was 10 years. Yeah. Less well, than 10 years. He died after the Three Doctors, not the first, not the Five Doctors. Right. Oh, you're saying from that point. From that point. point. So before eight he was years, recast. Eight-year yeah. difference. I still don't think we need to wait eight years. We just recast John Hurt now, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> or I'm sure they can tell some very creative stories without actually including the war doctor. They'll do those companion chronicle type oh, stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, now that's fine. Because that's a story that's designed to right. not have the doctor in it. Right. Or find somebody that does a good John Hurt. And then maybe. Well, then it's the same thing. <laughs> if you're going to have, you're gonna no have somebody come in and Frazier uh, hinds it, then you might as well just do a full cast audio. Frazier's an exception of the rule, though. No, 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 no. I don't think Frazier's an exception. Well, of the uh, rule. okay. First, first I, I'm of saying all. if you're going to have somebody come in and do a companion chronicle, but it but can also do a bat- passable John Hurt and do it in the style that Fraser Hine does, then you might as well do a full cast audio and recast John Hurt's and, style. And, and as I say with Frazier, I'd probably be okay in that instance. But Frazier is an exception of the rule because Frazier worked with his doctor. For so long, that's why he's able to do Patrick Troughton so well. So you're so saying you if somebody came in that situation? worked with, you got somebody that came in that worked with John Hurt for a long time and did his voice, you'd be okay with it? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what, a, what else is in the there's news? There's an intimacy what else there the that news, changes huh? the dynamic John of it Keith. as opposed to just an impersonator who's like, yeah, I sound like him. What else is in the news? Last bit of news, Leth, uh, Candy Jar Books have announced the next series of Lethbridge-Stewart called Bloodlines. Bloodline. There's going to be five books and then a sixth tangentially connected one. <laughs> tangentially connected. <laughs> That's how, how they phrased it. Uh, written by Gareth Madgwick, Sharon Bidwell, Andy Frankham-Allen, Chris Lynch, and Baz Greenland. And the tangentially collected, connected one is by Robert Mamone. Huh. Do you want the titles? Sure. Home Fires Burn, The Shadow Man, and Ordinary Man. Those are the only three they've announced. Oh, okay. Now I feel left hanging. Yeah, I gotta wait. (laughs) Now you've gotta wait. It was like he promised us. You want to hear all the titles? Yes. There's only three. It's like when they say, oh, we've got titles for episode or for the next season. Oh, wait, there's only three here. (laughs) (laughs) 
This one's just labeled as unknown with a bunch of question marks. Is that actually the title? <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Hi, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mel. <laughs> The first book will feature Eileen Younghusband. Oh, very good. So that's exciting. We'll get. I wonder how that factors into the bloodlines. I'm being facetious, guys. Come on. <laughs> I, sorry, I, mean, I, I I know you're out of it, but I, I missed it. <laughs> Keith gave me the same look. Come on, dude. <laughs> I'm tired too. <laughs> that's it for news. Where are the surprises? What surprises? I thought he was going to surprise us with news. I know. I had the whole, like, you know, Garfield and Friends song in my head. Surprises! And, you know, it was this... I didn't know what news you knew. Oh, well. <laughs> so I said maybe. Oh, you did say maybe. Okay. Oh, I didn't know what you knew of the news. In, in, the, the, in the listeners in the pre-show setup here, we were asking about the news, and we asked if it was going to be surprises, and... I guess Sean and I thought we were going to be surprises, and Keith wasn't sure they were going to be surprises. <laughs> I didn't know what you knew about. <laughs> I was led to believe there were surprises. I knew all of that. Did you know that there's another big finish coming up where the second Doctor's meeting the Master? The second Doctor's meeting yeah. the Master? No, that I did not know. You well, mean the war chief? Why, why, Let me find why the are you telling me there's no news? There's more news, <laughs> apparently, Keith. <laughs> I just remembered that bit of news. Oh. I just happened to scroll past it today. <laughs> well, tell us more about that, Keith. Hold on, i got to pull it up. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. He's already met the master. <laughs> Before he met the master. <laughs> the war chief is not the master. For you listeners out there, I want you to imagine that I have a giant stick, and I'm poking Glenn with it right now. <laughs> Poke, 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 poke. The war chief is not the master. Could be. Not. Coming out in November, the Early Adventures Series 6 will feature Home Guard, where the eighth, the second doctor meets the master. The, the eighth second doctor? The, eighth, the, the second doctor meets the master. The master from the original master. The <laughs> not Roger Delgado. Roger Delgado? <laughs> Wouldn't that be? Amazing? How are they going to pull that off? So the war chief. I've already seen this. <laughs> Let me think about the best. The master featured in the first Doctor Adventures with David Bradley. Ah, uh, oh. that actor. Okay, I got you. And then there's also going to be. I a, forgot that was a thing. Yeah, I got you. Um, and then the first Doctor and the second Doctors are going to meet. In another adventure in the same box uh, season. Fun. Yeah. That's all the details that are on those. <laughs> Other than it comes out in November. Are you sure we got it all? Because you know they're going to drop no. three or four more things <laughs> tomorrow. But because, I can't see Because we're future. recording tonight. And so, it happened again last week with the actress announcement and the Doctor Who TV. Both dropped on the day after yeah. we recorded. Or we just do a really long podcast and wait until midnight. I'm sure we can <laughs> work this stuff in. Um, I don't suppose anybody knows is, is the casting. Is it going to be David Bradley coming back as the first Doctor? And is Fraser Hines going to be performing the second? Or is that listed? Uh, I believe these box sets are done in the style of Companion Chronicles. Ah, so it could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, it stars Peter Purvis, Fraser Hines, and Wendy Padbury, so it is not 
um, David Bradley in okay. this box set. That's, you know, he has his own line now, so. Which is really good. 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 I think we have those on the schedule at some point. We should. Because I just listened to volumes two and three over the last couple of weeks and enjoyed them. You're so far ahead of us. It's a little easy when there's only two episodes in a (laughs) (laughs) box set. All right, well... We're going to um, forgo some feedback this week and move on to our reviews. Shut up! Again. Again. <laughs> and again. And again. I don't know about you Does guys. Does else feel like we're in a recursive time loop? <laughs> I, I'm a little shotted out. <laughs> I am most definitely shotted out. That being said, I think the... <laughs> The best version of it is the animated DVD that they released. Because I feel like this is the most complete version of the story you're ever going to have. Even, I mean, you can't really compare it to the novelization because it's a novelization and it's always going to add more insight and depth than what you see on TV. But how they animated it feels the most complete because it doesn't feel like they drop anything out of it. They literally just animate what's missing and they have the script and they have the cast that comes back and does a pretty good job recurring their roles. I can kind of tell, for some reason, specifically Romana, that it's not recorded at the same time frame. Like Tom, I don't notice as badly as I do with Romana's voice in it. I wonder if that's because have we, we haven't gotten to any Romana 2 audios as of yet, have we? Besides the last shot that we listened Besides to. Besides the last shot that we listened to, but that was done well, and much, much, much earlier. Yeah, in... I don't know if we've gotten to any Romana 2 that we've done when she is reprising her time frame. So we've yeah. had Romana back, but not from when she was with the Doctor. So I wonder if that's why, because you have listened to Tom come back, and you're right. kind of familiar with what Tom sounds like now, but maybe... But I know what she sounds like now because I've had her as President Romana in audio. Oh, that's true. You've had Gallifrey. Well, and just, you know, Zagreus and the Eighth Doctor stories that she appeared in. Right. I think what I think maybe what to I'm clarify to say is, is when she, she's older Romana in what we're listening to. So it's almost like you can you excuse the fact that she's I've an older those. she has an older presence and older voice. Right. She doesn't have to try and to so make herself sound So when you hear again. those, right, but but when you put her back in her youth when she would have maybe had a higher range or higher uh, um, tone or inflections, um that's where it kind of takes you out of the story. And I I, I agree with Keith. I think I I noticed it I don't think it bothered me so much this time, though, as it has with other actors in the past. And maybe I'm just getting used to being able to kind of suspend that um, being yanked out of the story because it just doesn't sound quite right. So maybe that. And I, for me, I'm it was only it was. initially. I got used to it. And I, I tell you, this will be more so when we talk about the Levine cut because I thought she sounded more natural and younger in the. Blu-ray version or the new mm-hmm. the newest release that, that the mm-hmm. official uh, to entertain BBC release I thought she sounded a lot younger in that I don't know if maybe they did some audio tweaks in her voice than she does in they the what she recorded for um, well, Levine's it's, it's also possible because she has come back to Big Finish as the younger Romana 2 
to do stuff with Tom. So maybe by the time she recorded the official Shada, she is a bit more comfortable trying to dip back into that younger voice than she was when she did the Ian Levine maybe. stuff. Maybe. More practice. It's you know? funny because I noticed it, but I didn't notice it initially. It wasn't until we were well into the story that she said something and I suddenly that was what jarred me out mm. of it. But initially I didn't I didn't notice any difference in it. Mm. In, I think in, I in noticed it also initially because I wasn't impressed with her initial animations. I didn't think they really looked like her. I thought Tom looked great. But initially I just wasn't overly impressed with how they drew her. I think it got a little bit better as the as the story went on. But it just I don't know if it was the way they tried to light the scene, but it just I did not look like her enough in my opinion I wasn't troubled much by any of the animation on this I think it it this is the first time that we we see an animation in Doctor Who that's actually inserted into mm-hmm. the middle of episodes because unlike the reconstructions that they've done in the past where we're just missing a whole story um, you you know you slip back in, here and an yeah, episode there you, you slip back in you slip back into between the uh, two f- formats in a break after a break, you know, after a credit scene, and so uh, this is the first time we've seen that. And I think that they they managed to do it relatively seamlessly. They do, um, which I was very impressed by because that's I I was afraid that it would feel very jarring to go from the live action to the animation. Um, but it, it, I I don't know if maybe it's the cuts, and I suspect that they've they they. I suspect they edited this differently than it would have been edited. And the reason I say that is because, and I'm going to go to the, I know I'm jumping forward to the Levine stuff, but the Levine cut seems to be edited to um, maybe shooting scripts mm-hmm. uh, because there's a couple of scenes that are cutting back and forth between the action, as you might have seen on TV. You'll notice that in, uh, in Doctor Who episodes proper that we watch is they will cut back and forth between two things that are happening. And uh, the Levine cut does that. Well, it'll it will it will cut back and forth. But it seems to me that if I remember right, because I'm going based on watching this a few weeks ago, um, or a month ago, I guess. But it seems to me that they they made some of the animation cuts so that they weren't d- dipping back and forth at so much. That it's almost like they took and maybe lifted more more of that scene and put it all together so that mm-hmm. they, they didn't have to bounce back and mm-hmm. forth so much. And so, um, I think the choice to do that was wise. And so. I was I was I was quite impressed by that, and especially doing it as a omnibus, you know, format, or you know, doing it all in one chunk without episode breaks, right? So that you weren't in the jarringness of running credits or repeating scenes or any of that, and it just kind of flowed the way that it did. I was very impressed. First of all, uh, every time I come back to Shada. I forget how much of Shada does exist. I, I really am kind of shocked that as much of it was... Because it's got such a history. It's got such a renowned, oh, the lost episode of Shada. And there's this huge thing built up about it. And then you watch it and you realize, man, 70% of this was filmed. I mean, it's it's really mostly there. It's just the 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 studio bits that they didn't get on the spaceship and the and the other things that they had to go back to. Um, and so watching it, it was kind of like, 
Oh yeah, all of the Chronotus stuff is here. Oh yeah, all of the Cambridge stuff is here. Oh yeah, all of the location stuff is here. Oh yeah, here's the... I mean, it's just all live action. And it almost became a, well, when do we get to the animation? I mean, surely there's some coming in here at some point. And then we got that first scene when they panned up into the, the sky and then came back down and it was animation with Parsons on his bicycle mm-hmm. and it was brilliant. Yep. That transition was so cool. Yep. And then they followed that up with the the shot, the interior shot, which I don't know if you guys noticed. Um but the it, it, it starts with him, you know, on the bike coming down the lane, and then it cuts to the inside of the lab, and he comes from outside the window yep. and goes past, and the camera turns to the door, and he's apparently putting the bike up, and then he comes through the door, and the camera moves with him as he comes over to the thing, and then it goes back over here, and then he comes and drags the book bag off and pulls the book out and sets the book on the counter, and the camera rotates around and focuses on the book and it's all one continuous shot from yep. the camera's point of view right and i don't know if that's the way it was intended to be shot when they would have filmed this had they filmed this but i thought that was a really interesting take because they didn't have to do that that was obviously a very complex setup to do that in animation but it looked fantastic the way that they did it. And I, that preparing that right off the top with that transition, I was like, okay, you're, you're wowing me right off the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, with this. So I, I feel like I'm in good hands. Well, and I wonder if some of that comes down to, although there is a bulk of animation that they did have to do, but I wonder if some of that comes down to the fact that there was maybe so many fewer shots that they had to animate that they were able to kind of take their time with a few things and kind of embellish some shots because as you said there is a lot about 70 percent that it that was on film um although i really uh, looking back and forth to what levine did i sort of wonder if maybe they they left out some shots there's a shot of in the levine cut of uh that they animated of uh um, Romana and Canine in the TARDIS when she goes to get the milk, and that's excised from the. So I wonder if that was part of the shooting script. But when they when they sat down to cut together this omnibus version, they said, "Well, we don't. That's not necessarily. She can come out and say, i 'I've got the milk.' She went in to get the milk. She comes out with the milk. So, um, and Canine, you know, c- comes out with her, and it's very obvious that she's holding the door to to bring Canine out. So. Uh, so I think that they probably did cut some corners and say, well, you know, some of this isn't necessary. So the, some of the stuff that's missing probably doesn't even need to be here. But um, but honestly, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm fine with <laughs> it too. I, I just I I think it still tells a coherent story, and that you you you're you're just you're losing this the superficial stuff that yeah. isn't isn't necessary at, at, a, at a six part adventure anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, like, right, right, right. Eh, all right, it, it's a little bloated of a story that can use a little bit of paring paring down when you can Mm -hmm. um i fervently wish that uh, however this was done because it it seemed like it was computer animation done in the style of the cell drawn animation that we've had previously Mm -hmm. same company too um and Mm -hmm. oh how i wish we could go back and have them redo reign of terror this way (laughs) 
if Reign of Terror looked like this, it would fix all of my problems with Reign of Terror. Um, I, I kept thinking that through the whole thing, going, oh, man, such a... Why? Why couldn't it look like this? <laughs> um, I also think there was maybe a missed opportunity, just that if we're going to go back and do all this work, let's, let's bring back John Leeson to redub Game 9 while we're Even at the live-action scenes? I mean, it sounded almost like the Levine cut had Leeson. Levine's cut did have Leeson. Did he? Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, he's canine. Right. No, no, no offense to the other guy, but even though this would have been the other, guy. it obviously was the other guy. Yeah. For the, was well, it's interesting film. that they didn't get Leeson back since the other actor passed. So this would have been him. Well, I wonder who they had to do it. I'm not sure who that was. I, I, in my head, it was Lee. <laughs> it was Leeson. So. Hmm. Trying to look that up real quick. But yeah, I, I every time Canine spoke, it was like, uh, <laughs> I feel Keith Payne. I can yeah. feel him from across town <laughs> squirming. <laughs> it's just not the same. But um, yeah, no, I, I was I was very 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 impressed. Um, just across the board, I thought the crawls looked great. Uh, the, uh, the the bits with the sphere um, just just top to bottom. This was a really well done um, a really well done piece, and it made me again with 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 how much of it was there. Because when they first announced it, I thought, oh, that seems kind of like in a way a step back after doing Power of the Daleks. But with how much of it's there, it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's an easy one. Yeah. You know, we can knock this one out. And, <laughs> and especially now with Tom willing to come back to do the voice stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, that since there wasn't the existing audio to work with, you kind of had to make sure you had that lined up also. But I'm, I'm very happy that it's, it's now out because I feel like I feel like I own Shada now. No, we're done. We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any other version of the shot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would still like to have the ultimate end-all, be-all shot of release with <laughs> all of them put together on one set. Maybe even a 3D copy just for good measure. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this point. Yeah, I'm a bit shotted out. I just, I, <laughs> you know, this is one of those things that you know, 10 years ago I was really excited about shot it and and there was this mystery surrounding it and there was this you know the, the 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 only thing that we had that existed at the time was the vhs video that they had released um with tom baker you know filling in the the gaps <laughs> as it is um but I, I was really excited when they when big finish did it and gave us another version of shauna that that we could say was complete and then Years later, they released then again on DVD the uh, Tom Baker uh, version that they had done for VHS. And then when, uh, who was the, Gareth Roberts? Gareth the, Roberts. Gareth Roberts novelized the book and we got a little more insight into Shada because, you know, what we had before was still a bit of uh, the, the, the account being told to us. But when you kind of, when you read the book, I think you feel like you've got more of a piece of, of, of how the story goes. You st you feel like it fills in the, 
the the missing pieces and then i think then visually seeing it with this version uh the most recent release i think that's that kind of the icing on the cake of okay now we've done it now i i probably won't shot watch shot again for another year 10 years but uh, <laughs> no no i i would certainly revisit again but not anytime soon and part of that is because i think we've just we've we've kind of forced shot of fatigue on ourselves i think although we've it's we've paced this out it's been years it. since we did the uh the well the the certainly the when the dvd came out i think it's when we did the eighth doctor audio too then right i think it was when the novel came out was it well, that was even more recent then, because that was just only a few years ago. I think we were still at the apartment when we did that. Oh, well, it's, it's been, been a while, ago, but <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, but yeah, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, 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 when, when we did Shada, we, we, we tend to do Shada in big chunks. Mm-hmm. You know, let's cram as much Shada. That was also our... before we knew better. Well, yeah. <laughs> And something else I was struck with this time is that I feel so very intimately attached to the front half of the story. And I don't know why. Because it's just tea drinking. There's really nothing that happens in the first half of the story. Well, I think that's because that's what we've seen the most of. Because when the the, uh, uh, VHS version came out, that was, in fact... Having watched it, the, what I remembered most from it was all of the shots in Chronos' TARDIS, her apartment, and so, or study, or whatever you want to call it. And so, yeah, that's what's seen in my mind. A lot of tea drinking, mind. looking for a book. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. happening here. And then you get to the, the, the latter half, and that's where, you know, kind of the action is. But but we have to fill that in with <laughs> descriptions. And <laughs> yeah. The book was published five years ago. Okay. Good Lord, was it that long ago? Hmm. And um, I was also struck this time with the, the Doctor's very cunning plan to use the, the, the bridge to cross over to the other TARDIS. But then he comes out behind them after they've materialized. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> that seems, I don't know, counterproductive. Other than having access to your own laboratory, your own workroom. Chrononus did not have one that you could have gone and looked for, and I don't know. Maybe he wasn't as familiar with. Wasn't as familiar he with. To, he wanted to use his own, and that was worth the. <laughs> let's build a, a temporal bridge across the the schism of the time vortex to crawl. Okay, sure. <laughs> I started nitpicking a little bit more this time out. <laughs> What was really, really cool the first time around is now kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. Just just to walk out up behind him and go, hello, I built a helmet. <laughs> okay. The, the bit at the very end that they did with Tom. Yeah, yeah let's talk about that. Phenomenal. The changed ending. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that changed. It's um, it's the, them saying the same lines for the most part. And in fact... What Tom's line is the line that that the story ends with, mm-hmm. um, but you know the nod at the, <laughs> the the look at the camera and the the wink and and to have him as Tom at this age and actually film that live I thought was a neat little touch. Yeah, I thought it was it was cleverly done. I think when we had read that they were doing it, or we had heard that they were doing that, I think we all kind of scratched our heads and thought, oh, how, how are they going to yeah. pull that off? 
and it you know it it does take you out of the story but not enough that it's it's such a nice little nod and a wink that it's it's like oh no that actually works and i had forgotten about it and so we got up to the end of the story and then old tom showed up and i went oh oh yeah (laughs) so it was it was a very wonderful surprise yeah because i'd completely forgotten that that was going to be a thing um in a way it it kind of re non-canonicals it non it it it, it, uh decanonize it thank you that's a good word uh because it becomes really hard to fit back into well you just assume he fixed whatever caused it yeah, because <laughs> there was a almost a fumbled bit of dialogue that implies that whatever he and Canine were doing caused that to happen. I think that's what you're meant to be, meant to be led to believe. Is okay, that... sure. Well, great. Now, now I can still make it work. So he sticks his head back under the console, and it makes him young again. Yeah, <laughs> they invented immortality. Crosses his own time stream. But for 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 people who. You know, including myself, as wonderful it was to see the caretaker, there was still a little, uh, but he's not the doctor, you know, because <laughs> he's not wearing the scarf. And it's, you know. But here he is wearing the scarf. And here he is. Yeah. And it's the right scarf. It's not that god-awful maroon one from the final season. Right, right. You know, right. this this was, as you say, the icing on the cake. That was this scene. Mm, this was yeah. the... This was the end cap, so that was cool. Let's talk a little bit about the Levine cut because uh, there's other than some of the editing. There's and obviously Tom Baker not, not being the voice of, but uh, the guy who they got to do Tom, I think, did a passable job. Yeah, I don't know. I think he had the inflections right, but he just wasn't quite there for me. Close enough for me. I I had heard so much about this guy and how good he was. Maybe it was built up too much because for all accounts that I had heard about this, this guy does Tom better than Tom does Tom. And I was very excited and started into it and just was like, no, I don't think he sounds anything like Tom. Mm -mm. As you said, there were a couple of lines where he got the inflection right. Mm Mm-hmm where the delivery was, okay, that sounded kind of like the way Tom would have said that. Right, that's what I think. But he doesn't sound like Tom. And so that was kind of a, mm, that was a distraction. Yeah, that was enough to distract me. Um, But uh, they put a lot of heart in the animation. And for this being animated in 2011, there's not a lot of difference in the style of animation that we got in the 2018 version. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um. I think the 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 characterizations of uh, the 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 way they look are pretty spot on with their visual live action counterparts. Um, there are some things in um, Young Parsons ad uh, lab that I actually sort of liked better than they did in or at least animated the way. Some of the framing shots I thought were a little better. Well, and they framed the shot, and I think a lot of times in the. 2018. Although they did do some fantastic stuff like that continuous shot, but a lot of, some of that stuff was very single camera, mm-hmm. one area thing. And Levine's cut cuts a, a lot. Oh, some, know, and some interesting. It takes a lot of angles. And, yeah. And so I was I was quite impressed by that. And and uh, it 
it is a little i mean it's too bad that levine took his product to the bbc and to entertain and said you know give me an option on this and they didn't take it it's a little sad because we would have got it earlier but and it was it was a good enough version that i think that people would have bought it and loved it and, yeah. and thought it was good enough and um unfortunately <laughs> it didn't come to pass and well fortunately i guess i should say because the bbc did ultimately go with we the got tom animation yeah. company and we got tom doing the voice. it's one of those that i i can go both ways on it i think it, I, I agree i think it's sad that they didn't jump on it. And I think I even lamented the first time we did Shada and we talked about why. Why on earth would you not just go ahead and snap that up and say, hey, awesome. In retrospect, it totally makes sense as a company that you would not do this. Because if you bought one, regardless of who it came from, if it came from Ian Levine or if it came from uh, Morris or you know whoever, we animated this for you, you're welcome and you bought it, then all of a sudden you'd have people coming out of the woodwork. Oh, we animated the faceless ones for you. Oh, here's uh, Underwater Menace. We animated that. And the wide and varied quality and... Uh, well, and then other people probably will want, would want money for the publication of it, etc. Yeah, and, and I just... I, well, it, Levine didn't, wasn't doing this out of the goodness of his heart. He... Wanted, he wanted a cut of Yo, the yeah, money. they he he was selling this to the yeah to entertain. Don't get me don't, don't let me undersell that. He was <laughs> was he, not that of the goodness he, of the He part. sunk money into this and expected a return. I, there there's uh, it wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. And I think that that would have been just perfectly fine for people to animate and come to the BBC and say, hey, we've done this. Do you want to purchase this? Because the BBC has the option to say. Noah, yes, we'll take that. It looks great. Or no, we'll pass on this one. It looks, it, it's not, it's not what we're looking for. So no, I, I totally disagree. I think that had the BBC optioned uh, Levine's cut and went ahead and went with it and paid him his money because it, again, it wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. The man's a businessman. He's he wants money. Um, but had they bought that from them, produced it, put it out, then. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that would have been great to have other animation companies maybe even come with some different ideas. I like what they're doing now. I like with the animation company that they've that they've landed with now. It does give some consistency to the stories. It does give some consistency. But I think we might have seen some things come in that might have been better that uh, that somebody didn't think of doing. And 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 they come in and they show us how to do it a little different. Maybe some of that, like the you you've both seen the third Doctor anime that was worked on that, mm-hmm. that it's, and it's you know it's what six or eight minutes or something like that. But yeah. it looks amazing in anime. You know, in anime, it's anime style. You know, if they did something like that and did it did an episode that way or a story that way, I think maybe that would be kind of fun. Give a little bit of a variety. Maybe give a little bit of a of a, a different look. Um, some people would argue that they want you know more it, it to be more in line with how it would have originally pre- been presented and and we're probably sort of getting that the way that uh, they're doing it now but no i i the, the, all the bbc has to do is say no <laughs> we, we don't want it so I just, I, let I them crawl out of the problem wood, with that. crawl them let them crawl out of the woodwork i don't know i i fear that once once you uh once you let that genie out of the bottle you would feel obligated or no, I you know don't think the bbc would have lawsuited into buying <laughs> things maybe that well, you how didn't would you want. how would you get lawsuited into it 
because you bought Levine's, why won't you buy mine? And discrimination cause. I don't know. There, there, it, no it, discri- it just, uh, I don't think you could... I, I don't know. It just seems like that there's a potential for something to go wrong there. Now, to your point, however, if the BBC wanted to put together like an animatrix style thing where we got eight or, or, or nine short Doctor Who stories that were all animated, even if they were original, and and opened it up and did a contest and let animators That'd donate. Cool. That would be cool. I would be totally down on that. You could have one that was an anime and one that was computer done, one that was a... Yeah, I'd be all over that. But I, I, I like the consistency of the product that we're getting. Yeah. Going back to my previous remarks about Reign of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. I like my stuff to look the same. <laughs> well, Don't change I, the box art. <laughs> and I, I want to see what, as close to an accurate representation of what would have aired as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's I fun agree. to see the anime one-offs because that is an original story. That's not a story we've already had. As, uh, yeah, and, and, but who's to say that they're? I mean, I think they're trying. Oh, they're but trying who's to best, say this yeah. is what, what what we would have, how we would have seen it. So, we very good. We just got to wait for all the episodes to be returned. <laughs> That's right, and then then we'll know. Mm-hmm. Except for Shada, it will not be <laughs> it, returned. Well, no, it won't be returned <laughs> because it was never filmed. Yeah, wouldn't that be a kick? All these years we thought it was never completed, and then it turns out they were lying to us, and they did actually complete it, but they lost it. And they just didn't <laughs> want to own up to it, so they blamed it on the strike. And then Morris comes along and says, guess what I found in Nigeria? <laughs> and everybody goes, say what? And we'd be Another like... Another release? <laughs> we got to buy it again? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and I can see the box art now. At long last... The official final, final, final release of Shada. <laughs> All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, next week we are going to be talking some Lethbridge-Stewart news, The Laughing Known the Danger Men by Nick Walters. Uh, so uh, if you haven't started, you should probably start reading that, uh, if you want to follow along anyway. The following week, we start tackling the Diary of River Song from Big Finish with the first two parts, The Boundless Sea and I Went to a Marvelous Party. Uh, The following week, we finish the Diary of River Song part one with Signs and the Rules of the Universe. And then the week after that, we're going to do some Big Finish Companion Chronicles. Uh, Well, we're going to do a Big Finish Companion Chronicle with Frostfire, the very first one. And then uh, Titan Comics, 13th Doctor Comics, Volume 1. And officially, it's not on the schedule, but we have officially added it, at least on our end. Uh, We'll also be doing the uh, Titan Free Comic Book Day comic on that day as well uh, for the 13th Doctor. So if you were uh, fortunate enough to go out to uh, one of the free comic book day events near you and pick up a copy we will be covering that and um, if you were not fortunate enough um, spoilers <laughs> <laughs> all right very good well um, I think that's it anything else we need to uh, finish up before we close out this show I don't think so all right that's gonna do it for this time until next time I'm Glenn I'm Sean I'm Keith cheers good night everybody be seeing you it still isn't my chair 
but thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.